Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So I'm sitting at one of my favorite watering holes uh, in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, maybe actually Cool Springs area, uh, with my good friend George Grant. We're here at Brick Tops, which is a great place to eat, by the way, if you come into our area. And Dr. George Grant's one of the primary influences in my life, dear friend, actually started my writing career by being the editor of a series called Leaders in Action and allowing me to write the book on Churchill. And he's been an encouragement. I think you'll see uh, my acknowledgement of him in almost every book I've ever written. And I was thinking about this podcast I did last week on racism, where I contend that it's there's a resurgent kind of racism, but it's a dumber kind. It's a less informed kind. It's a less theologically entrenched kind. It's just more uh, culture on culture, more bigotry, more hatred of a of a, a more crass kind than perhaps in the 1800s. And I wanted to get my mentor and one of the great historians of our age to head of a number of schools, head of King's Meadow Study Center, just amazing the things he's accomplished. You can look him up and we'll provide some links with the podcast listing, but I wanted to get his impression on what uh, what I have claimed is kind of a resurgent, crass, kind of mindless racism in our culture. So Dr. George, thanks for being with us, but give us your take on this. Well, I think you're right. I think we are seeing a fragmentation in our culture and when you start to see breakdown of, uh, of standards and mores in the culture and all of the threads that hold a culture together, inevitably people start to gravitate to these sort of mindless groupings. It's, it's almost like a non-organic tribalism. Uh, and it, it doesn't necessarily break down along clear racial lines. It's, it's oftentimes a lot more cultural than that, but because race and culture do follow each other, it, it does tend to result in some of these knee-jerk racist responses that we're, that we're seeing. But, uh, but, but the heart and soul of it, the root of it all, is really the breakdown of the whole culture and cultural cohesion. And when that happens, people hate, people become cruel, uh, they start to have um, this this need to sort of satisfy some sort of longing for justice in a society where justice is arbitrary. Their arbitrary justice is easy to justify in their own minds. And so you, you wind up having almost gang-like behavior. That's what we're seeing. This is not ideological racism like what you would have had with the Nazis or with Planned Parenthood or uh, with the, the sort of the red, redneck scientific eugenics of the South in the 30s. This is very much more sort of the decay of society, the fringes erupting in violence. And, you know, you're a Christian scholar. I'm obviously a Christian. I, I would say at this point, I guess it's expected that I say, well, what people need is more Christianity. And yet, you and I both know that Christianity has often entrenched some of the very, very uh, kind of bigotry and racism that you're talking about. So we do need to drink more deeply from our faith, but help us with the cautions, the boundaries, and the, and the proper application of that faith to our current situation. Yeah, you know, this is one of the, one of the problems 
with faith is faith is the most dangerous thing in the world and it's the most helpful thing in the world at the same time because the uh, the, the the christian faith like any other deeply entrenched worldview uh going just a little bit wrong goes terribly wrong and we we've seen that over over again in history um, the truth is, is that any ideology, any belief system can get ugly really, really fast. So what we've got to make sure of is that, uh, that we're, we're looking at biblical Christianity. We're looking at um, the, the moorings of the historic faith across the ages to inform us rather than just some little local or, or recent cultural phenomenon. Unfortunately, we don't have much of a sense of history as Americans, and as moderns, our attention span is really, really short. And so the result is we're, we're, we're not thinking about these things. We just get into the flow, and that's how mobs are controlled. And that's happening on both left and right, uh, political left and right. I mean, I was stunned by what happened during the Trayvon Martin case, uh, miscarriage of justice or not. Let's lay that aside for the moment. Just the way commentators spoke, people you assume to be sophisticated, past it kind of people. And instead, they'd whip out the most bubba-headed, bigoted, racist statements, again, on both sides, against Hispanics, against blacks, what have you. I mean, was that just lying dormant in our society? Was it hidden by a kind of a, you know, kind of a culturally acceptable kind of behavior that, that covered over these deep hatreds? You know, in the Bible, there is this discussion of, um, of restraints being thrown off, Cultural disarray is essentially moral restraint being thrown off. So when you have a culture that's fragmenting, when suddenly nobody really knows what a marriage is, nobody really knows what justice is, nobody really knows which direction the courts are going to go, how the law is going to be applied, what's right, what's wrong. I mean, we're truly in a time of disarray. Well, when that happens, then the worst in us always emerges. I mean, we've, we've seen this over and over and over again in history. It doesn't take much to trigger the most sophisticated society in the 18th century, uh, the society of Paris, France. It doesn't take much to trigger blood in the streets in the French Revolution. The most educated, the most scientific, the, the most cosmopolitan society in the early 20th century could be found in Germany, it doesn't take much to trigger the human condition's worst aspects. So w when you live in a time of disarray, yeah, you're going to start to see polarization and very sophisticated people. I mean, we have owners of television networks who are spewing such nonsense, so destructive. Uh, you know, it's not the politics of of destruction that that is you know so troubling about America today it's the everything of destruction that is troubling so you and I are both conservatives a lot of our friends would say that this is the result of statism the statism creates privileged classes that really what we're talking about here is more class warfare is that remotely true 
You know, ideologies of left and right always bring with them unintended effects. And so, yes, th- there, there are some things that we're witnessing that, uh, that, that are the inevitable results of trusting the messianic state. At the same time, uh, the, the same potholes can be found in, you know, libertarianism. The same potholes can be found in the heresies of the right as in the heresies of the left. The, the truth is, is that human behavior is exposed by false structures. It doesn't matter if the false structure is, is some, you know, a vaunted thing from the left or the, some vaunted thing from the right. It's why sometimes during the heat of the crisis, it's just as unreliable to watch Fox News as it is to watch CNN. They're... they're they're off on different sides of the road, but they're making the exact same mistake. So what we've got to do is we've got to be clear that ideology is not our grid. The fashion of the moment is not our guiding light to what is right and good and true. We've got to have more permanent things to guide our thinking than that. And, and we've got to be discerning enough that we don't fall into what I call the Facebook trap, which is you know, re- repeating nonsense over and over and over again, spreading it far and wide, allowing, you know, 150,000 YouTube views of something that is absolutely false. We've got to stop it. All right. Give me two minutes on answers. Anything from books to movies to articles to actions on the streets? Well, I think the, the most powerful uh, inhibitor of racism is relationship. When we actually come to know the people that we either fear or are suspicious of, it breaks down barriers really quick. It's part of the reason why so many Americans can say truthfully, hey, I'm not a racist. I got a white friend. Hey, I'm not a racist. I got a black friend. Hey, I'm not a racist. I work with somebody who comes from Mexico. You know, they'll, they'll say that. And they're being sincere. It's true. Because relationship breaks down those barriers. Unfortunately, most of us don't really have those relationships. So one of the things that I think must happen is that we need to be intentional in reaching across boundaries. Which is, of course, what the Bible instructs us to do at every turn. So that's the first thing. The second thing is is that we need to expose ourselves um, to, uh, to, to wider uh, cultures. And one of the ways to do that, quite frankly, in America, is just go out to eat. Go out to eat. E- experience the incredible wild diversity of foods and cuisines and cultures and peoples get to know the proprietors, make relationships with the waiters and waitresses, engage. In other words, the most important thing that we can do is live as if people matter. Wonderful, wonderful. Dr. George Grant, pastor, scholar, activist, thanks for being with us. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author and popular speaker who coaches and advises leaders worldwide. To learn more about Stephen, log on to stephenmansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell, who also wrote and performed the Rockin' Podcast theme song. 
This is a Chartwell Literary Group production. Chartwell is ingeniously led by Beverly Darnell Mansfield. As a result, all rights are reserved. For more information, contact us through stephenmansfield.tv.